Hi, all my buddies, and also all of my enemies whose grudging respect I have earned. Welcome to Semi-Auto Magic, Inc., the only, to the best of our knowledge, uh, fate-accelerated Dresden Files-flavored podcast for all your that-incredibly-specific niche-filling needs. Yep. Yep. It's me, CW, the guy who runs this thing. Who is this to my left with handsome beard and handsome microphone? Uh, that is one... Talking about me. Yep. Yep. Introduce yourselves in whatever order you please. Fight to the death. Go. Well, I want to know whose beard is more handsome now. <laughs> I've sown the seeds of discord in the group, and soon they will all belong to me. I think my beard is garbage, but other people tell me otherwise. So okay, so I'm claiming the good beard then. Okay, there you go, Anthony. Oh. I've been grooming my beard for a year. Soon it'll be ready to take over your company. Yeah. And who is that sitting next to you, Thony? This is Jackie. I have no beard of which to... But hair. Yes, the... lots. Lots of butt hair. What? No! <laughs> the, the woman with hair but no beard and the man with no hair... Uh, with a beard but no hair. Beard but no hair. There, there you go. go. Um, yeah. And I'm Dylan and Spencer, in case it's that was... In case that was unclear. Okay, we're going to jump right in. Last time, okay, the time before last time, Thony fought a giant spider lady. Yep. That was pretty good. Last time, Fiona and Solomon um, fought a giant dogenfus and uh, a lady with a predilection for the archerial arts in the underground parking garage of the Mayoral Pagoda in Landportlandia. I love the world that we've put together, you guys. It's weird and beautiful. It makes me that I can't even, like, talk about basic events occurring without mentioning <laughs> these ridiculous... <laughs> and then on the way, they bought some black market DVDs from some Nazi deep ones. Anyway, <laughs> so I think we're going to cut back to uh, Rowan and see what he is doing. Rowan, you are uh, still in the in the in the CD fight club. Um, you have just tussled with a giant spider lady who made some very threatening pronouncements about uh, about you having upset a balance. But then you got tossed out of the shadows onto the cold concrete floor that hugged you like a loveless mother. I'm flipping everybody off as I'm leaving. They fucked me out of $400. They're so offended. They're really like a modicum of decorum, honestly, Thony. I'm flipping them like... I'm even used to flip them. It's just, it's a, it's an incredible thing to watch. It really is. Their lives are changed. You go, you're leaving, you're flipping everyone off. It's incredible. And as you go to uh, open the chain link gate that will allow you egress, um, the gate is painful to the touch for you. Like it's, like it's really, really hot. Like not, go ahead. I I look around and I'm like, really guys, really iron, iron gates, really like that's fucked up guys. Come on. Now, now let me out. That's everybody's kind of like looking at each other. Like what's, what's, what's this guy's deal. That's just the normal gate. He just walked through that a few minutes ago with no problem. I, I, I touch it again. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's really uncomfortable to touch. Not like, not like you couldn't do it. But it's it's really uncomfortable and irritating. It's uh, 
like you know did you ever have in like high school there were those kids who had that like robot tank game where the handles the uh the controllers were they would like shock you a little bit if your tank got hit yeah it's kind of like that it's really really unpleasant but you can do it with an effort of will okay um i i ponder the the strange happening that's that's going on and i with with a force of will uh shove open the gate as fast as I can. Very good. You make your way through, and uh, upon your palms there is a crisscrossed blue pattern that mirrors the uh, the shape and pattern of the iron gate. Yeah. I say, I'm just getting, like, tons of markings on my body today. Yep. All over. I have that All stupid right. We Free Men thing somewhere. I don't even remember where it was at. You do! You have the We Free Men's insignia on your tummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what are you doing? Where are you going? Um, where's everybody else right now? Uh, fleeing no a parking garage. Field. Yeah, they were fleeing uh, a parking garage. Did they have? Okay, I use my speakeasy to ask where the fuck they are. <laughs> Fair enough. Mine's broken. Oh, oh well, God. one of yours is broke. <laughs> so nope. Yep. Nope. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> only Fiona. Rowan can only talk to Fiona. Yep. <laughs> where are you guys okay, exactly? Make that. We're in the car. In in the car where? In the car. That's, that's not an answer, Fiona. Driving. Let me talk to Rowan. I mean, not Rowan, sorry. Let me talk to Solomon. I uh, take out my... Nope, it won't it's, work. You have it's, to... Uh, it's, it's, wait, it's an eyebrow earring, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, no, you have to lean over, and Rowan and Solomon has to, like, grab your head and, like, talk into your forehead. Okay, I shove my I thought, face... So, into... wait a minute, I thought these were telepathy devices, first of all. Yeah, <laughs> what they if... are. Second of all, how, how the fuck? What? It doesn't. Like, uh, Dylan, in response to your reasoned and fair inquiries, I would reply magic. Okay. And I really, really think that Solomon is just screaming these things in the car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just... My face into this, his this makes... what career. Fiona, what the fuck? Rowan wants to talk to you. Fiona, we just killed a man. Rowan wants to talk to you. Yeah, well, I killed a spider, so... so I can't hear Rowan. His voice is in your head. Spider. What? Okay, great. Why why is that relevant? I don't know. You're the one who's like, I killed a man, so... Fiona. I don't know. He wants to talk to you. Where are you guys? What is he saying? He wants to know where we are. What? Like, physical location, or where are we heading? Because those are very different. Where you guys are heading. Where we're heading. Okay, we're going back to the Westfield Carter. My leg's messed up, I need to speak to Dr. Mrs. Bismarck, and then shit is getting real. Ooh, okay. We're going to the Westfield Carter Hotel. Okay, thank you. And I grab an Uber and head over to the Westfield Carter Hotel. Very good. Travel montage. You all arrive. You all meet up. Um, but Solomon, you meet with um, Mr. Doctor, Her Excellency Bismarck. And uh, you get your leg. You get your stepper all patched up. Hooray. Um, it's, it's real sore and gross and oozy, but it's uh. usable. Yeah. All right. So you guys all meet up. And who should you meet there? But Xavier Tangle Fourth the Fifth. Yay, Rowan's boyfriend. Uh, he shouldn't be here. Hi, Alice Mind Buddies. You shouldn't be here. 
you know, Solomon, that's a reasonable line of thought. And just a few short weeks ago, I would have agreed to you. But do you know, I received a terribly interesting phone call from a very nice man called... His name escapes me. What was it? It was, um... What's Solomon's boss's name? Salvador, Salvador Hernandez. Hernandez. Salvador. I kept wanting to call him Solomon, yeah. From what? Salvador Hernandez. And I really hope you can edit that last part out. Anyway... And this Salvador Hernandez told me that he would appreciate my help in researching a few matters of eldritch law. And who am I to deny such a handsome man with a handsome beard who works so closely with my best buddy Rowan and my good friends Fiona and Solomon? Aha. Uh-huh. So what did this research turn up there, friendo? Well, we compared our notes, and we came across some shocking similarities and some shocking disparities, and we have prepared a uh, a short presentation for you, if you should care to attend it. Oh, good. Another PowerPoint. Yes, I love PowerPoints. I'm glad to find that you do, too. Our friendship only grows deeper. Give me your phone number, Solomon. Give it to me. Give me all of your digits. If you leave out a single one, I will know. I will not. I know how many phone numbers they're supposed to have. I will not... Uh, give you my phone number if you need to reach me. I'm not saying numbers until you tell me which ones are correct. Uh, that's not gonna happen. Sieben, acht, drei. Those are not numbers. <laughs> Dylan, what was the point of taking German with me three years ago if you can't remember enough to have a secret code <laughs> language in a podcast neither of us knew we were going to be making? <laughs> uh, okay, I, anyway. Dylan understood what you were saying. Solomon oh, is a big okay. dummy. Oh, separation of player knowledge and character knowledge. That's just good roleplay. I thought I thought <laughs> Solomon made a point to learn a bunch of different languages. German's not one spells. of them. He, so that's actually a weird instance where I've been hoisted by my own petard because the whole point of casting spells in a language you don't know, which is what most wizards end up doing, is that it, that, is an insulation tactic, which we, I just read Stormfront again, which is why I remembered this. Um, it's, it's an insulation thing where it, it offers a barrier between raw magical energy flowing through your brain and, um, your brain actually coming in contact with that. So Solomon speaks enough of those languages to get by in casting a bunch of different spells, but otherwise he's a big dumb. <laughs> Fair enough. Big yep. old dumb. All right, so um, Xavier heard you mooks into uh, the room where you guys actually had that same meeting with uh, Salvador and all his buddies not too terribly long ago. And um, Perro Adama and Wake Wagner are there, as are Salvador Hernandez and uh, Lil, Lil Liz Delphi, the, uh, the girl arcano cryptologist genius. Adorable. Um, yeah, she's pretty great. And uh, Xavier goes over and, and sits down, and uh, Salvador takes the table, and he says, Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, I've been comparing notes with this delightful gentleman from the Museum of Weird History. Oh, thank you, thank you, you're too kind. And thank you very much for the donation of the giant crow skeleton to my collection. Oh, don't worry about it. We are going to have trouble getting rid of that anyway. Okay. And we've been comparing notes with what his institution has to offer with the map that uh, Ms. Liz here has been working on. Thank you. And we believe we have the larger structure kind of figured out. Um, Salvador claps his hands 
and in the air in front of you guys, a large holomagic um, depiction of the map that you guys were working on earlier appears now with uh, with the annotations in in plain in plain English. Mm-hmm. And you see the points that read Theodore Preston the sixth, the points that the point at January Oleander and Joel Heck, and the three points between that reading Alto Zephyr, the Huntress, Mother Harvest, and in the center is a large triangular node that reads the Throne of Mists. Now, we didn't have a lot of information on this because our records are fairly recent since the White Council established this, our, our flagship field office here, and we've been keeping up with local lore and history as best as we can, but it was only once we turned to the Museum of Weird History, which has been cataloging strange events in this area for well over 150 years, that the blanks started to fill in. Uh, I will hand this now over to, uh, to Xavier to, to explain to you. <laughs> Thank you, Salvador. So he stands up and shoots his shoots his cuff and collar and puts his thumbs into his into his suspenders like he's just a simple country lawyer. Oh says, God! So as you are no doubt aware, there is a relationship between the equidistant and integral points on the map. Sure. Alto Zephyr was Alto Zephyr was connected to Theodore Preston. This entity that you guys just encountered, the Huntress, is clearly connected to January Oleander. Wait a minute, how'd you know about that? Uh, there was a debriefing in the interest of time. <laughs> okay. Clearly connected to January Oleander, <laughs> and therefore it is safe to assume that the entity known as Mother Harvest is related to this Joel Heck. How does three of these relate to the entity, or location, or whatever the hell the Throne of Mist is? They have no idea. But I've been looking through the historical records, and I found a little bit more about Alto Zephyr, and this entity called the Huntress is referenced a few times in local mythological history texts as a spirit of the hunt and of nature, uh, revered by local peoples for hundreds of years. I'm working on Mother Harvest. That one sounds really creepy, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> but it is safe to assume that those are connected, or that they have something to do with this throne of mists in the middle. Any questions so far? Uh, uh, many. Hit me with your best shot, Solomon. So, okay, we know Alto Zephyr is some kind of genus loci. Some sort of spirit, yes. What the fuck is the Huntress? Is it similar? The Huntress would appear to be a local deity of the hunt, of nature and of survival, nature red in tooth and claw. So are we looking for, like... And Indian reservation out here? Should we talk to a shaman? Well, it's interesting you should mention. We don't have many reservations out here, but the school at which January Oleander works was built on a native population's hunting ground. Is it possible that something that happened at the school awakened this spirit? Certainly, that's a possibility. We don't know when it went dormant. We do know that reports of the spirit's activity did begin to diminish with the industrialization of the area. Another thing we noticed is a correlation There seems to be... Okay, you've got these three spirits, and each one of them appears to have like a like a vassal in a mortal. Theodore Preston appeared to have been under the tutelage of Alto Zephyr, and January Oleander appears to be under this huntress in some respect. And... We think it is safe to assume 
because magical power, as well you know, Solomon, Fiona, Juan, is a great fan of symmetry. And three is very much a magic number. So it is safe to assume that there is a pattern forming. When the three of you met for Theodore Preston, you found an item, did you not? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we don't have it anymore, but... I know! And that's how I got that bitchin' giant bird skeleton for my lobby. That's, yep. So we feel it is safe to assume that there is some sort of token, some sort of item you should be looking for in each of these locations. We don't know anything about Joel, Heck, or what the hell Mother Harvest is yet. I know that uh, agents Wagner and Dalma are working on that. But for the moment, uh, that seems to be our best lead, that you should be looking for, for something connected to January Oleander and this, this former hunting ground. Let's break Great. into her house and tear it apart. It's probably well, no, it's not in her house. The school. Let's tear the school apart. You know, that seems ill-advised. Uh, just it's summer, like, like there's no kids there. Well, well, except for all of the kids that are involved in the summer school programs that January has instituted. We so we do it at night when there's nobody there. All right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess, but also, you know, when a school turns up just torn the fuck apart, that's going to be real bad in the news. Hey, delinquents. Yeah. Yeah. Blame it on. <laughs> On, seniors. Look, blame it seniors. Seniors. Senior citizens. High school. <laughs> Look, local, say, local geriatric gang takes to roughing up school. All I'm saying is, January Oleander is already in the process of moving the school's grounds off of the hunting grounds, right? We learned that when we talked to the mayor. So... We're just expanding. Sure. Uh, it was, uh, meta point, it was in fact just expansion of the music program into the existing school system building. Oh, I thought they were, I thought they were, um, physically, like, moving the school to a different no, site. No, it was, it was, it was kicking the rest of the school out of the building system campus and making the whole thing a music center. Okay, well, that's less good. Well, so, in that case, there must be renovations happening sometime soon, so, they're gonna have to close the school. For some period of time, during which, really gonna, uh, go ahead. Are we really just gonna wait for for something to magically happen in in the next month or two? Like, no, like, we're gonna we're gonna make a lot of things magically happen ourselves. What I'm saying oh, yeah. is, we can clear the site of civilians by waiting. That's what I mean. Like, like, how long are we gonna have to wait for this to happen, though? What if, what if? She may be in the process, but what if the permits don't happen? What if a lot of things don't occur in the next few days? What if all That's everything is over? Night. What if everything is over in the next two days? We we can't afford to to sit on our hands. All right, in the interest of time, let's go tear apart a school tonight. Uh, uh, ex- excuse me, everyone. Yes, Liz, Liz Delphi raises her tiny hand. Uh. Well, I just I just wanted to tell y'all that I found something that might be of, of use to you. Um, much like each of these humans would appear to be connected to one of these spirits in, in a way, like they're, they're vassals or they're servants or something, we think that the pattern might go inward as well, that each of these spirits are in service of this, this throne of mists, and they, um, they all kind of look 
at, e- at each other, all all three of them on the other side of the table. Uh, Her- Solomon Hernandez, Salvador Hernandez, uh, Theodore, all of them, all three of those guys, those names <laughs> that I made up and can completely keep straight in my head. Yep. Anyway, they all look at each other really nervously, and uh, and and Xavier bumps in and he says, "I've been doing some looking." In our archives, and there is only one mention made of a throne of mists. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, this is going to go well, isn't it? It's it's not great. He pulls out a really um a really thick leather bound volume, and he and he opens it up. Tell me, this thing is not bound in human flesh. First of all, I not yet, not to the best of our ability. Okay, great. Ascertain. That's a good sign. Well, you might want to hold on to that. Ah, fuck. The only reference we can find to something called the Throne of Mists is related to the Unseelie Incursion of 1994. God. Which was an incident in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Not Milwaukee, Oregon, which is very nearby, but Milwaukee, Wisconsin, simply vanished for two hours. It was gone. Uh, so Wait a minute, like, you have an exhibit in, about that, don't you? Eh, well, yes, I do, well, but... But what, right. what is your point? Solomon? I thought you were a historian of weird history here in Land Portlandia, not Ohio, but sure. Well, okay, but like a mathematician doesn't only study Texas math. I, that doesn't make any math is universal. So no, is math. So is weird history. No, Texas math is not universal. And that's okay, math. well, yeah, okay, okay, okay. This incident was a little outside of my normal, my normal milieu, which, yes, is why it took so long to find it. All right, fair enough. So, so the Unseelie incursion of 1994, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just disappeared for two hours. It was gone. It was just trees and woodlands. And the area was reported to be enveloped in a thick and impenetrable mist. Uh, people who got too close reported seeing shapes moving about. No one who entered the mist returned. It was a real bad scene. And just before nationwide authorities were called in to investigate the incident, Milwaukee was back. It just snapped back. And no one inside had any any memories, any missing time. As far as they were concerned, n- nothing had happened. The only thing is that in the center of town a monument had been cut down it was some local hero i don't know what it was a monument had been cut down and in its place was erected an a stone throne a giant throne made hewn directly out of rock and carved into it it just read the throne of mists still there no, it was taken down immediately. Are you kidding? The White Council was on that, like, like that, man. At least that's what Salvador tells me. Yes, absolutely. The, the instant that the town, we could get back into that, we, we set to cleaning up everything we could find. Where is it then? It's being handled by top men. Okay, but I think Rowan is asking, is it somewhere in Land Portlandia? No. Okay. It had, it had, it had nothing to do with this town. It was, it was more than half a country away. Why would it be here? I, I don't know where you store random bullshit. Fair enough. It's in one of our vaults. I can I can probably I get the location from some of my superiors. I don't know that that'll help us, but sure. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I just, this is the only thing we found about this, about this throne of mist so far. So Why was it not destroyed immediately? Because we didn't know what that would do. Was it containing something? Was it preventing? Uh, we we didn't know the first thing about it, so we did what any stodgy old group of men would do and shut it away directly and never looked at so it again. So this event was 
was called the Unseelie Incursion, so it has something to do with the Winter Folk. How are they connected to this? We believe it had something to do with the Winter Folk because it took place just after the end of the autumnal equinox, just when winter was really beginning to get its feet into into the world. Uh-huh. Also, the area was suspiciously free of fey activity for a good piece of time afterward. So we figured they had something to do with it. Uh-huh. So there's no real reason to call it a, 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 an unseelie incursion. Nobody spotted, say, Queen Mab or anything. It was just, oh, hey, oh, God, this... What is wrong with you? Why would you say her name out loud, 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 loud? This seems suspect is all I'm saying. Uh... I'm just saying this is the only reference we have to anything called a throne of mists. All right. So, all right. Uh, whatever happened in Milwaukee in 1994, I hope was not similar to what's happening now. Because whatever that was, if it's connected to this, that seems bad. That seems like real bad, real big magic happening for over a decade. Over two decades. Oh, man. Well, Solomon... It's interesting that you should say that, because it has been 21 years since 1994, because this is still 2015. (laughs) That's how math works, yeah. That is three times seven years. And from what I've been able to ascertain, what you told me about the object you found at Theodore Preston's house, an object that we believe has matching numbers at each of these points of power on the grid... You said that you felt as though it was eating away at reality, yes? Yep. As though it were eating away at the boundaries. Well... Oh, God. Exactly. What if something is trying to weaken the lines, the walls between worlds? What if what happened in Milwaukee in 1994 was some kind of first attempt at breaking through the barriers? All right. All right. So we're dealing with some kind of world domination nonsense happening. Great. Um, I mean, I can, I can only guess. This is, I mean, as as well you know, Solomon, it is certainly possible to broach the walls between worlds, but only in very small and very controlled conditions. So something of this size, an entire city, I wouldn't have believed it could be done. But then Xavier brought it to my attention that the Unseelie incursion of 1994, and we began to put some very unsettling pieces together. All right, so plan of action. What what do we actually do about any of this? Are we supposed are we going to assume that these artifacts at these sites of power are necessary keys of some kind? Do they need to be brought together? Do they need to remain at their sites of power? Uh, in which case, one of them's already destroyed. No, one of them nope. is in the hands of Alto Zephyr, which is bad. Oh yeah. Um. But here's here's the thing, is if we go on this raid of the school and we find this puzzle piece, this MacGuffin of incredible power, and we take it away and we contain it somewhere, does that solve the problem? Well, I I, I think I might be able to to help a little bit with that. Um since you took away the the okay, we've been looking on the map here and there are some annotations. Apparently these things we're looking for are called ontomorphic field dampeners. And that's some real bad language because I'm just I'm just a, a little little arcano cryptologist. I don't know what fancy words mean, but I asked Miss Perodama over there, and she told me that that word ontomorphic field basically means shape of reality or shape of being. So 
these things are dampening the strength of the world, the walls between the worlds, and they're doing it in this connected pattern. And that's bad enough, but the opposite sides of the points, the intersecting angles here, the triangle going in the other way, those are called planar blade hubs. So, So there's that. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, so are we looking for a set of two objects, or are these, or are those one and the same object that that have been arranged in this array? So I would like to point out that Theodore Preston had two objects on him. He had the Uh, ring and the fuck. uh, Yep. All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, he had the ring and the whatsis that was on the altar. Great. Great. So, uh, God, this is unsettling in so many ways uh all right so pierogi dalai lama punchy McHugh. what up hey you're with us tonight cool we are tearing apart a middle school Yay! <laughs> yes. uh he just uh wake wagner just shoots from his chair he just stands up he reaches into his coat pockets and when he pulls his hands out he's got his magical knuckle dusters on and he just yells, I get to punch something! Yeah, you, you do. You get to punch anything you want. I am ready. I am ready. He holds up his he holds up his, his fists. Moses Maimonides and Gary, the dust-up cousins, are ready to go to work. Salvador. Can you repeat those names? Moses Maimonides and Gary, the dust-up cousins. <laughs> Salvador. Uh, Salvador, Xavier, Liz. Thank Hi. you all for all of your work. You've done what this task force couldn't. You solved uh, the mystery, I guess. So we're gonna go uh, handle. We're we're gonna go handle this, I guess. We're gonna try to at least. And you know, if this doesn't work, I guess we try something else, probably involving ley lines. Solomon. Yeah. Uh, huh? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone here has been very impressed by the way all of you have been handling this. We may have put a couple of pieces together here, but that is because we've been we, we've had the opportunity to sit and look at things instead of fighting spirits and giant werewolves and all kinds of things. So you guys are doing a great job, but we did want to point out that we took some readings up at the Preston household in the yeah what month or so since the incident occurred there. Two days. The, the what's that? Two days. Uh, no, no, I thought we had. We no, at yeah, least. I think, I think it's been at least a week because we took a couple days to just. Right. Yeah. It's it hasn't been more than a month. I can say that. Okay. Like, a couple of weeks. Been, we'll say we'll say a couple of weeks. And a couple of weeks since the incident occurred there, and the reality field, the the ontomorphic whatever, is not any better. Great. So that's not, probably the thing not, that... Yeah, it's not actively getting worse, but whatever system seems to be in place with these these points, these nodes, is, is definitely holding. Okay, so I'm going to have to go ahead and guess that the what's-this-what-I-stole-from-the-altar uh, that the bird took and is now in the hands of Alta Zephyr is probably the dampener, and the ring was the... Um, the blade hub. So is it possible to uh, transfer the power of the ring to him when he stuck it on his forehead? Maybe the ring isn't destroyed; it's just in another vessel right now. 
I mean, if that's we've got his case mad, we've got his corpse magically sealed somewhere, right? So that's true. I mean, that's fine. We that's one thing contained that we dealt with that. Regard if the ring is destroyed, great. If if it's in the corpse, also great. That's fine. I mean, it sounds great, but it's still stuff is still happening. Look, like, if we need to destroy a corpse of a boy no older than 16, we will do that. But we don't have evidence that that's necessary yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> One final piece of information before you guys set out. Yeah. It's the last thing, I promise, and then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, the Unseely Incursion of 1994, whatever it was, however long it lasted, I think something like two hours, whatever level of success these powers achieved in their goals happened just on the failing edge of the autumnal equinox and that is less than a week away summer is ending well then that's good news for us right because that means that no that's bad news because <laughs> i forget how this works the autumnal equinox is the the height of winter's power no it's the beginning it's of the, the up end of summer it's the end of summer and the beginning of fall okay so it's so it's the height of winter's power. That's when that changes, right? No, height, no, it's it's that's the solstice. that's the solstice. So yeah, this it's, is it's the some kind. Of, this is a midpoint. Point. This is this is not as bad as it could be. This is good news. Hooray! <laughs> okay, uh, I don't make a study of fairies. Fair enough. Uh, Salvador dismisses the meeting in his customary uh, throwing a smoke bomb fashion. Um, <laughs> Xavier uh, tells you guys that he has actually been allotted a small office here at the WC and that they're going to start building ties and uh, working towards greater good. Great. And uh, little Liz Delphi, um, she goes off to do little little girl things, you know, cracking advanced magical ciphers. I was going to say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So um, Paroa and Wake come up to you like... All right, guys, we're, I mean, we're following your lead on this one. What are we doing? You said something about fucking up a school? <laughs> That's, yep. About 9 o'clock tonight, we are going to roll up to Clackamas Middle School, and we are going to build us a grid of that place, and we are going to find um, the workings of January Oleander, whatever altar she has crafted herself there, and then we're going to tear that thing apart, and we're going to stick whatever ontomorphic field dampener we find into a large iron box with many markings on the outside. Um, and then we are going to take that iron box, and we are going to ship it back here, uh, preferably under lock and key and careful watch of several wizards. Um, and then we're going to put it in a vault. And then the we're... Ocean. Gonna find January Oleander, and we're gonna f find her goddamn blade hub, whatever that is, and deal with that when we find it. That's the plan. That's the plan right now. That's what we got. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. All right. Pierogi Dalai Lama, you have some layers to you that I would really like to unpack at some point, but right now is not that time, I feel. You know, I'm a complex cat. One of my aspects is secretly hilarious. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I think we're going to be best friends. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Believe. And she holds up her fist for, for, for bumps. Yes, fist bumps. Donk. Cool. Okay, so what do you guys do until 9 o'clock? 
like getting ready montage please tell me there's a montage oh yeah absolutely yes i go and get my staff and my warden's cloak and my sword oh yeah i am arming to the teeth yeah no that's whole (laughs) all right pf chang what about you what are you doing girl uh i'm gonna refill my um my smoke bombs um (laughs) yeah the, the 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 hotel has a nice cafe where you can restock your your tea bombs. Sweet. Um, and I'm gonna put on my like hipster gothiest outfit. Hell yes. Because dark clothes are necessary for undercover secret night operations. You know they are, and and to that end, uh, this is just my interpretation. This is just an alternate character interpretation. I'm not doing anything, but. I picture Fiona had somehow just gotten what a goth is completely wrong her entire life and and is like this ultra neon rainbow. Like it's in goth style completely, but it's just every color the rainbow has to offer and a few she had to invent. That would defeat uh, wearing black. putting them on for the purpose of wearing black. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, black is. I like right. the idea though. <laughs> Yeah, I like the idea right, of Rowan Fiona with... Peakwork inventing colors. Yeah, which happens all the time. Absolutely, they just invented a new color. Yeah. It's... Oh, they did that that new hyper blue thing. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard right. about that, but let's let's Rowan. What are you doing? Rowan, what's up, bro? I'm refilling my Camelback, and I'm going out to my rucksack, whatever you want to call it. The thing where I carry things, because I don't have a car. Duffel bag. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and I'm just, like, shoving as much ammo onto my body as I possibly can uh, without shifting movement. Very good. Okay, I also, and I'm also, go ahead. I also want to make it very clear that I have my, my camelback and water gun, my pistols, and my sniper rifle, as well as my grappling hook. Which are all things we've discussed, but I need to make it very clear that I have because Casey has given me problems about this every time. <laughs> sure, I'm the one who causes problems. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, Anthony, since it's been, um, I'll say you guys finished up what you were doing at about like the noon o'clock hour, maybe. So since it's been at least eight hours, I will say that uh, you begin to notice your aversion to iron uh, fading. Yeah. To the point where it disappears completely shortly after nightfall. Okay. All right. Cool. Was... I had one stress as well. No, I didn't get stresses taken. Out. Oh, is that your face stress? Yeah. Yeah, that was your that was your fey nature stress track, and you had one. And uh, Fiona, yours works a little bit more differently because you embrace your fey nature a little bit more. Okay. But uh, but yeah, yours 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 disappears too, and uh, we'll we'll deal with that again if we need to. All right, very good. Uh, night falls. You guys have uh, a, a sensible but filling dinner at the at the WC Cantina. Delicious potato soup. Ex- exactly, potato soup. It's yeah, it's got your carbs for your short term energy, and it's got probably some chunks of sausage and stuff in there, so you get your protein for yeah. Mm. So much cheese on it. Exactly, yeah. it's real good. Bits of it's bacon. Real. like super vegan cheese. Of course. It's yeah. not just regular vegan cheese, it's super vegan cheese. No, it's so vegan that when you eat it, it actually brings a dead animal back to life. Yes! Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's outlawed in six countries, because those countries got overrun by bloodthirsty zombie animals. Can I have one of them as a pet? Maybe oh. later. 
All right. <laughs> so, okay. Um, eight thirty rolls up. Are you guys? How are you getting there? Are you guys all going separately? Are you and um, Wake and Pierogi Dalai Lama all going together? What's going on? Party bus. Party bus. The party bus rolls up. Yes. I just, I just imagine like, it, like you know how if you ever had to take a trip in college, they had those vans that are like, they're just like big for no reason, and it's it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. like a church van. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. The uh the party van the party bus van thing rolls up and the the drivers no okay it pulls up with the passenger side facing you and the passenger front door opens up and somehow from the driver's seat 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 slithers out like toe point first and then just really slowly like an entire body just slithering out like one long noodle this incredibly dapper man in a top hat God. and he starts doing the uh the little dance like the six flag guy that did what's up dylan it's a pleasure to see you again solomon <laughs> what <laughs> hell brought you here this is a free country. I can be here driving a bus for my own reasons if I want to. Oh, God. Can Listen, I offer you a ride? Huh, we gotta. But I'm you not gonna... gotta! Listen, if this turns into the trees thing again, there are gonna be strongly worded letters to the moon. I mean, Solomon, the trees are well under control. The trees are managed because trees have managers. They... Now, everybody, oh. get in the party bus and let's go do the thing we're doing. All right. <laughs> you all pile into the party bus. Solomon seems very tense about this driver. <laughs> and nobody questions Jack, it. Jackie all right, moving on. Jackie's what? Jackie doesn't understand. The oh, Baron is a denizen of the moon. of the Baron Von Candyland, so she understands what's going on. What? Uh, okay, so Punchy McHugh leans up to Solomon, and he says, Hey, you, uh, you seem to have beef with this guy. What's, what's going on there? Do you want I should punch some sense into him? Oh, no amount of punching would solve what is wrong with the Baron. What's, what's the, what's this, what's his deal? Who's the, what's he Baron of? The moon. Can he he's the children? He's the Baron of the moon. Uh, <laughs> he feeds on the laughter of children, which he scoops up in a champagne flute that he keeps in a, in an inside coat pocket, and I'm not sure how he keeps it in there, but he does. Uh, and he's just odd. He's odd in ways that no thing should ever be odd. Like, you, you've seen fairy folk and how strange they are. The Baron is like if you had Cthulhu come out of Fae. It, he, it's maddening. It's maddening, and I've never been able to solve what makes that friggin' slithering nonsense creature make sense. As you're explaining all of this to Punchy McHuge, uh, Baron Von Candyland is is shuttling you through the city at a speed that approaches ludicrous. <laughs> uh, it's the night oh, bus. I saw him. I saw him. You he saw him? I saw ludicrous. Exactly. <laughs> he just waved hi. Uh, and you pull up to, uh, to Clackamas Middle School. Um, this, this, this tuxedo wearing so-and-so 
turns around and he and he his 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 fingers reach up over the edge of his seat and he just kind of peers really slowly and he says you guys we're here thanks baron you're welcome solomon i can't wait until our paths cross again i sure hope they never do <laughs> I, I leave the car and i high five like i high five the baron Please. Oh, yeah, it is the highest five. I Please go attached, back to the moon. I am attached to Pierogi Dalai Lama because <laughs> this guy scares the fucking crap out of me. Oh, she's there with you. She is terrified of the Baron, but trying real hard not to show it. So she she does, like, that, that you know, best girlfriend's clutchy thing y'all win I'm like, folk. I'm like, like a baby koala clinging to her. Like, like <laughs> up I'm just... Like backpacking on her. Koala Jones, private eye. All right, very good. Um, you you exit exit the party bus, and and Baron von Candyland is still peering over the back seat, but somehow the bus starts to move anyway. <laughs> no! it just drives off, and he just never takes his eyes off you. But a third hand comes from somewhere and just starts waving at you as he leaves. He's an eldritch horror that. Has that bears no ill will. It's I just I don't. I, I doubt that. <laughs> Spoiler. I think he bears a lot of ill will. Spoiler: Baron von Candyland is the final boss of this entire campaign. Jesus Christ! He's... Does that mean Buckle is like the sub boss? Maybe the pockets must be extra dimensional, right? It, like it's just a space he has created. I. I don't Solomon as you as you gesture angrily you find that you're actually holding a champagne flute full of children's laughter. Duh! I throw it. <laughs> <laughs> it shatters and a thousand giggles spill into the nighttime. Yeah. Okay, you guys are at Clackamas Middle School. It is dark. Um all y'all are dressed up in your finest burglesome raiment. Um and uh Wake Wagner has uh taken some like black shoe polish to Moses Maimonides and Gary, the dust up cousins. And uh there you go, y'all are in front of a school at the nighttime. Predictably, it is locked. That's okay, we can bust some locks. Um Alright, so Pierogi Dalai Lama, you're on the north. Uh, hell yeah. Fiona, east, Rowan West, I'll take the south, punchy McHuge, find yourself a central <laughs> Find yourself a central location and be ready to react. So, All right, cool. splitting the party. Efficient yeah, use of time. Within localized limits. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, give me one second. Sorry, I'm just ringing up um, character sheets. Oh, um, good. Okay, so uh, we're at an hour, I think, or almost an hour. Uh, 51 we... minutes. Okay. Okay, do we do we want to keep going or do we want to wrap up in a second? What do you think? What do you guys think? I, I think this is a good place for us to stop. Yeah, this seems but... okay. Thematically, it's a good place to stop. I'm also okay with continuing if we want to. Okay, well, just in the interest of of uh, of listening time and stuff, well, I, I guess we'll wrap up in a second. Okay. okay. All right, Dylan. Um, we can edit in from wherever. I guess uh, I'll, you had. I'll you catch had direct... it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um. Uh... And with the sound of a thousand giggles spilling into the night, courtesy of everyone's favorite moon monster, Baron Von Candyland, you guys split the party in the same episode that you reformed it, 
in the interest of hunting down a what's And I think that is where we will call it for the evening, with all of our heroes heading off into the night alone where they know they where they know there to be monsters. <sighs> hey, I'm not saying it's a great plan. I'm saying it's a plan. It is a plan. You're not wrong. That's it's the planniest plan we've had yet. Yep. All right, guys, uh, this one was a lot of fun. We uh, we accelerated the figure stuff out machine, which, uh, <laughs> y- you know, I-, I think I think was a good call. And uh, we met a couple interesting people and we learned a lot. And I think the next episode is going to be full of a lot of stuff happening. Probably. Pr- yeah. Really fast. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, once again, it's me, CW. Thank you so much, Thony, Jackie, Dylan, Baron von Candyland, the four kittens I currently have in my in my recording room here with me. Thank you guys all for joining us. This thing is a lot of fun to make, and like we could have had a lot of fun just making a dumb thing on our own, but it's an extra dimension of fun making it for you theoretical people who enjoy listening to it. So... Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time on Semi-Auto Magic, Inc. Bye. Bye, Bye, Bye everybody. Buddies.